return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. With their Bibles. Say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming out today. People that are joining us, uh, other members of the congregation, we welcome you as you join us on Facebook Live or YouTube or the website. We welcome you. People that might be in India, we're praying for you and your uh, churches and congregations and people. We're praying for you as you reach out with food and caring for your villages. We bless you in the name of Jesus and from other nations as well, people that are joining us. We bless you in Jesus' name. God is good. Amen? He is so good. So I'm going to read uh, uh, a couple things this morning in, in the time we have. Prayer and fasting is something that uh, we incorporate a lot. We encourage the church to do it once a month. We do it more. But it involves drawing closer to God, you know, hearing His voice, living in his presence. Isaiah 58 is a, is a chapter that talks about maybe a bad way to fast. People fast for selfish reasons, and a good way to fast is to fast unto the Lord. And that's how you want to fast is unto the Lord. Isaiah 58, verse 11. Then here's some things that happen. The Lord will guide you continually. Now think about this. God, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will guide you continually. Think about that. That's, that's like having a, a personal trainer. People, people like personal trainers, you know, to help me, help me in my life and so forth. No, let, let the Holy Spirit do that for your spiritual life. Amen. The Holy Spirit, notice, he'll guide you continually. Not just, not just some days, every day. Not just some nights, every night. You get up in the night, he'll guide you. There's a guide. He'll guide you. He'll satisfy your soul in drought. So even when times seem tough and so forth, God can satisfy your soul. And, and it's important, your soul, even your mind, guarding your mind. Don't just fill your mind with anything. Fill it with good things. Fill it with the promises of God. Fill it with good, good reports. It says you'll strengthen your bones. And I take that as good health. As you get older, you think about your bones. <laughs> well, you want to think about your health all the time. So he'll strengthen your bones. He'll strengthen your health. And it says you'll be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that waters do not fail. So you're going to be like a well-watered garden. Now, when something is well-watered, it just flourishes. And so God wants you to flourish spiritually. When you fast, you don't fast just thinking, well, I'm not going to eat food. No, you're fasting unto the Lord. So you're taking in 
food, the bread of life. You're taking in the word of God that sustains your spirit man. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. So you're, you're feeding your spirit man and you're drawing closer to the Lord. Well, what happens? You just get stronger. You can carry the presence of the Lord in any situation. No matter what you face, you can carry the presence of the Lord. You can carry the presence of the Lord when your finances seem weak. I've been there. You can carry the presence of the Lord in the hospital. I've been there. Emergency room. I've been there. You can carry the presence of the Lord in any situation. Amen. So when again, when again do we prepare? Pastor Rannon talked about, talked about this facing storms on Wednesday night, but we're prepared ahead of time, right? So you always prepare. If you're in a good season, you should be preparing. You should be digging in the word. Amen. Prayer and fasting, see, to me, isn't like, oh, I'll pray and fast when I have a need. No, I make it a habit. There are good habits that will get you through tough times. So I prepare all the time. An athlete trains all the time. He doesn't just train what he wants to. He trains all the time. They're in that place of training, getting better, developing their muscles. Your muscles, actually, you know, a basketball player, yes, you know, shoots three-pointers, shoots three-pointers. The other day I was with the grandson shooting three-pointers. I was clicking off how many shots. We shot 405 three-pointers. What does that do? It creates muscle memory. Muscle memory. So when you come to a place, your muscle has memory. How hard you're pushing that ball. Spiritually, you create muscle memory. You come faith memory. Something happens, you just respond. Faith memory. Sometimes something happens to people. People go, oh, no, oh, no. But other people go, hallelujah. Muscle memory. How do we respond? You train your spirit man. So I'm praying and fasting, training my spirit man, knowing that he'll guide me continually. He'll satisfy my soul in any situation. He'll keep me healthy. I can be strong in the Lord, and I can be like a well-watered garden producing fruit. Amen. Now, every email we sent over the last many weeks, sent out many emails, but all those emails had a theme, and the theme was worship. And all those, we enclosed the YouTube, we enclosed things so people could worship. That's the theme. Why is that? Because that's what's going to get you through things. That'll get you through things if you develop your worship skills. I'm not talking about how you sing, but singing from your heart, honoring the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, what's in a temple? What do you find in the temple? You know, think about it. If you're a temple, if your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you have it from God, you're not your own, you're bought with a price, and notice what it says, glorify God in your body. We're not going to talk about that today, but in your spirit, you're going to glorify God in your spirit. So we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We glorify God in our spirit. In other words, we're going to fill our heart with worship, to the king who lives in the temple. Amen? So we're, when we get born again, we have the presence of God. We have a witness of the Holy Spirit. So he comes to live in us, in him. We're in him. He's in us. And so now in the temple of God, we're developing a place in the temple. So you're, you're filling the temple with the things of God. 
Now, one of the key things that we're going to fill it with the temple of God, we're going to fill it with worship. We're going to glorify God in your spirit. Now, of course, you want to live a healthy life. You want to live a moral life and so forth. But now we're talking about your spirit. Glorify God in your spirit because you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there. But now you're going to take your spirit, man, and you're going to glorify God. Just as we were doing in our worship time here. And just as Pastor Jeannie just said again, to worship and praise. See, these are things that become habits, right? And a good habit will always be there when you're in a tough time. Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. Now, another translation says in all seasons. So this means in there might be good days. Hallelujah for good days. And probably for most people, life every day, most, most days are good. But there are seasons or a time when something isn't good. Might be a day of trouble or something. And it says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all seasons, whether I feel like it or not, whether it's a good day or maybe not a good day. All right. I'm going, I'm going to bless the Lord at those times. Amen. So, so his praise shall continue, continually be in my mouth. Now notice, you're exercising your will. You have a choice. Everybody has a choice. We have choices in life all the time. I made a choice today. Hallelujah to get out of bed. <laughs> Isn't it funny when, you, when you're young, kids sleep in and so forth like that, and you get older and probably could sleep in and can't sleep in. <laughs> oh, we're up. Let's go. You know, get a cup of coffee. You know, well, then, no sleeping in. I could sleep in. No, no sleeping in. Why? You want to get up. You want to get up to read. You want to get up to do things and stuff like that. Well, you know, I will. I make a choice. I'm going to make a choice to bless the Lord. So now that means out of my mouth, my direction is this way. I'm giving praise to the one who is my answer in that time or that season. Now, it could be a great season. You're saying, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for answered prayer. It could be a tough season. Thank you, Jesus, for answered prayer. <laughs> right? Second Corinthians 11 says, Paul said, I, def- I fear lest by any means you depart from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, people sometimes will look at our church and our ministry and say, yeah, that's a, kind of a simple ministry. It, it, it should be. <laughs> the gospel should never be complex. It should be simple. It should be such that you can hear the word, take that word, and apply it to your life. Application. Otherwise, something's going over our head and we can hear something and think, wow, that was really deep. I didn't understand it and it doesn't benefit us. So you have to be able to take something and have it benefit you. Amen. Amen. So, so it says uh, the simplicity. Now, of course, the devil wants to make things complicated. Even in these times, you know, things happen. The things will always happen in the world. But the devil will make things complicated, you know, and so people get mystical, you know, about spiritual things and so forth. It's real complicated. No, it's not complicated. God's good. The devil's bad. Okay. I mean, you look at, you look at a virus. First of all, it's a virus. All right. You identify your adversary. You look what jersey they have. Not on my team. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's bringing death. It's bringing destruction. It's bringing calamities. It's bringing bankruptcies. It's bringing abuse. It's bringing poor mental health. So it's bringing all those things that you realize that's not of God. Okay? So, so 
and, and so it's not complicated. You realize, wow, that's, that's not of God. So let me, let me see something here. Say something. Simplicity that's in Christ. The answers are uh, simple, but they're not easy. So it's one thing. You understand there's a difference. Something can be simple to understand, but not easy. It's not easy to apply. Why? Because we're in this flesh. So it's one other thing to understand the truth. Now application, we have to deal with stuff, our pride or other things, so that we apply the Word of God. Amen? So, so the, the, the answers, there are simple answers, but no easy answers to life. There's all kinds of things going on in the world right now. We talked about, you know, you identify things, what's happening, like very simple, steal, kill, and destroy. You can identify the enemy, all right? Now, application is another thing. So, as a Christian, we have to apply things. Otherwise, we become a Christian in name only. And our life doesn't look any different than maybe other people in the world. We act the same. We talk the same. All those things, there's no difference. See, someone could look at me and say, why are you so peaceful? There's a reason. You know, there's a reason that we can live in the peace of God. There's a reason we can live in the presence of God. Knowing who's for us, knowing who's against us, all right, but knowing who's for us is infinitely greater. Amen. So the Bible says we resist the devil. And the best way that I've ever seen, you, you can resist him with the word and all that. I understand that. But the best way that I've seen to resist the devil is with worship. Isaiah 61 says you put on a garment of praise. You have to put it on. It's not automatic as a Christian. In fact, folks, salvation we get saved, our sins are forgiven, and boom, new life begins. Amen. And from there on, we're putting on the new man. We're putting on that new person that after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're growing. Okay, so, so saying a prayer, becoming a Christian, that's pretty easy. Now, though, we have to go through the process all our life of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So now we're putting on, we're putting on, of course we have oil of joy, we have beauty, the garment, all those things. But we're putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So you have to put on, just like I put on my suit coat this morning, I put it on to wear it. Now garment of praise is meant, actually all the garments that God gives us, a garment of salvation and so forth, none of those are ever meant to be taken off. They're meant to be lived in. So that means, that means we sometimes, if a day is like, uh, oh, it's just a wonderful day, and sometimes people forget about God. And the children of Israel did that all the time, didn't they? I mean, God came through for them, and then it's like, okay, and then they forgot about the Lord again and wandered off. So praise keeps our heart in tune with the Lord all the time. And so that our trust is in Him, whatever the season, whatever the time is, our trust is in Him, and we're drawing from His strength. And what it does then, it pushes away this spirit. Now, this is a demonic spirit. People don't understand that, you know, I, don't, I just don't feel good today, right? You know, I feel kind of down. Well, that's not from God, <laughs> all right? You know, 
People say, well, it's a feeling. Yeah, I know it's a feeling. It's oppressive. I don't like it. I've felt it a thousand times. I don't like it. Okay, so he gives us the garment of praise to push back the spirit of heaviness. Okay, amen? It's like that song. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Old, old song. Very true today. Never goes out of style because it's scripture. In fact, years ago, years ago, most all the songs we sung were just scripture verses. We just, the Bible kind of became our hymnal. You know, you could go to Psalm such and such or such and such or Isaiah 61, 3, and you just sing the Bible. Good way to have it, amen? Because in the, mean, in, the middle of, in the middle of singing, you're also memorizing scripture. So when we sing, when we sing, now, when we sing, who decides whether you're going to sing or not? You do, for your own self. You could, you, could, you could hear worship, or you can participate in worship. Sometimes when we're in bigger meetings and so forth, and Jeannie and I love to be close to the front, and the band just sounds like a Cadillac, everything's just, just so good and professional and so forth, and then I'll deliberately, I'll step back and I'll look at all the people. Maybe a thousand people, 1,500 people. I'll just look at all the people. And the first couple rows, maybe people are worshiping. And then you go all the way back and there's people like this. It's, it's unbelievable, really. You, you'd think because you can't hear them sing because everything else is so loud. And they're just in a concert. So there's no worship. That benefits them zero. Zero. You're going to come in heavy or you're going to go out heavy? That was really great today. Wow, boy, that was a good band. Good band. Really great today. Complaining, negative, and so forth because they didn't participate. You have to put on a garment of praise. I have to do some singing. I have to exercise my faith. And as I do that, then things begin to happen. In other words, then heaviness begins to flee. See, the devil doesn't want to hang around me if all I'm going to do is praise God. He can't stand that. I don't want to hear that anymore. The name of Jesus. The praises, praises lifting up his name. He doesn't want to hear that. So the more I do that, the more it drives the devil crazy. He doesn't want to hang around people that do those things. He wants to hang around people who got their mouths shut and want to think negative thoughts and speak negative things. He'll hang around them all day. Spirit of heaviness. But when you put on a garment of praise to Jesus and the temple is being filled... Honoring the king, something happens. Let's look at Psalm 100 quick a second. Psalm 100 says, make a, joyful sh- make a joyful shout to the Lord. Now, a joyful shout means, it means what it says. See, a lot of times we don't, we don't shout because we're inhibited. We feel, oh, I don't want to shout. But we're not inhibited at the ball game. We're not inhibited when someone just threw a touchdown pass. We're not inhibited when that three-pointer just went in. No one's inhibited at all. I know. I go to the games. I see all the silent people. I grew up this way. When I got saved, I saw all the silent people in church. Didn't do anything, but I see them at the game, and they were just as excited as ever. People used to say, well, now Lutherans don't, Lutherans don't show any emotion. Oh, they do sure do. I saw them at the ball game. 
They do. Oh, they do show a lot of you more. Shouting, screaming, all kinds of stuff. So I'm at the ball game. So I became a born-again Lutheran and became somebody on fire that started to shout. Make a joyful shout, right? You serve the Lord with gladness. It's not a pain to serve God. It's a joy to serve God. He saved my soul and everything to Him. Serve Him with gladness. Come before His presence with what? We're singing. People want the presence of God. Well, then you better start singing. What do I do when I pray and fast? I do all these things. When I pray and fast, okay, I'm not eating a meal, noontime or whatever, I do all these things. I give a shout of joy. I start giving praise to the Lord, thanking Him that I can be a, His son, you know, serving Him. Come before His presence with singing. I know that He is God. He's made me. We're not ourselves. We're His people. We're the sheep of His pasture. I think, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. This is a good fasting, fasting chapter, all right? I enter His gates with thanksgiving. Remember, what's, what's thanksgiving? It's the... Password. Amen. Hallelujah. We got three pointers here. Dr. Cornwall always would do uh, Dr. Cornwall's with Jesus. And he would always, as he teached, he was been here a few times years ago. Wonderful servant of the Lord, man of God and so forth. And uh, uh, but he would always give out, you know, teach within questions. If someone had the right answer. They got a two dollar bill. And so he'd always come with a wad of them. And we'd, room, we'd be roommates at camp. You know, he was 85, and here, here I was, you know. And it was like rooming with Jesus. And he was talking Bible. And it was really remarkable, so fun. And I said, you got enough $2 bills? He said, he looked at me and says, oh, I got plenty. Just had a wad of $2 bills. So, so, so the, the password is Thanksgiving. That's the password into his presence. Now, folks, let's face it. Every day we're people. So every day you're going to have days you are not going to feel the presence of God. I mean moments, all right? You're not going to feel anything. You might feel down. You might be discouraged. You might feel all kinds of stuff. But what's the password to come into his presence? Get into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Those are passwords. Now, who has to do that? If I want to get into my computer or phone, actually, I don't have a password in the phone. But if you want to get into it, so lots of people, only you're going to do it with your password. You have to do it. You train yourself to do it. This is my password. The same thing spiritually. I train myself spiritually. This is the password. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be thankful to Jesus. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth is to all generations. Notice verse 5. For the Lord is... James says, no shadows. He's good. Now, Psalm 34 then. Psalm 34, verse 1 again. We're praising him in all seasons. It says, uh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, my wife cannot praise God for me. She can encourage me. She can pray for me. But she cannot praise God for me. My wife cannot remove my heaviness. She can't remove my heaviness. She can encourage me. She can pray for me. But there's one who's responsible for me, and that's me. Responsibility. Believers have responsibilities. So in all these seasons, his praise shall be in my mouth. And it says continually. 
So it's good just to never stop. People say, boy, yesterday was a great day. Keep going. Don't stop today. You know, people say, boy, I heard a new song. Boy, it was so good. Keep singing it. Keep shouting it out there. Don't stop. You know, these are things in your car. You've got little sanctuaries all the time. That's all your little place to do stuff. So his praise shall be in my mouth. Look at somebody and say, you've got to use your mouth. The pastor of a church cannot, the pastor of the church in all reality is very limited. He can encourage, he can help, you know, in those ways. But it still comes down to me doing what the Bible said to do. Sometimes I say to people, Let's, we just got to praise the Lord. And they're just like, well, that's, we're not starting yet. So let's, and like Pastor Jeannie said to you, let's say, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, this this is far from a shout. This is this is this is a mouth mouth uh, little mousy whisper. Hallelujah! You know, well, see, the enemy gets intimidated. He wants to intimidate us by our self uh, uh, consciousness. Thank you. We become self conscious rather than God conscious. So I want to get away from myself. And my selfishness and what people may think, sometimes what I think even about me, and get into what he thinks. Amen? So, so we start then by using our mouth out loud. And then we're going to magnify the promise and not the problem. Now, we talked about these. So we're going to boast in the Lord, speaking the promises. We're going to be humble. Humble are going to be glad. Hallelujah. We're going to magnify the Lord. So we're going to, the more you talk, whatever you talk about, magnify something. So if I talk, 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 talk about the problem, problem gets bigger and bigger. But if I talk, 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 talk about the promise, Jesus looks bigger. So, so there's a big difference, see? So everybody can face the same storms, and yet some may face it with a whole lot different victory than others. Purely based on how they're doing things spiritually. Let's go to Habakkuk 3 a second. Got a few more minutes. Habakkuk 3. This is a chapter that, that we lived. And it says the fig tree doesn't blossom. There's no fruit. The olives have failed. There's no yield in the fields. They're desolate. The flock is cut off, so no, no sheep. No herd in the stalls, no cattle. So what he's saying here, he's saying nothing looks good. They're all bad reports. <clears throat> 1985, we were doctoring in Sioux Falls. Our daughter had a rare disease. And uh, we then were at the University of Kansas Medical Center. They did tests on her. The nation's leading experts for that disease were in, at that center, the, a woman doctor there, who later became the head of the pediatric medical school. And uh, Doug, you met her. Dr. Carol Lindsley, you met her, yeah. And Dr. Lindsley came to us and said, your daughter has congestive heart failure. She's eight years old. She has congestive heart failure. She has a heart of a very old person. It's twice the size of normal. And she says she can die at any time. And <clears throat> Dr. Lindsley and had another doctor with her talking to Jeannie and I. 
And they gave this grave report and just said, just said uh, uh, she should be in the hospital, you know, this and this. And I said, is there anything you can do for her? And they said, no, there isn't. And so I said, okay. And then she, they looked at us, and then they repeated the whole story. They repeated it twice like we didn't understand. And then they said, do you understand this? And I said, yes, we do. I said, but there's something you don't understand. Is that our trust is in Jesus Christ. And we love our daughter. Our trust is in Jesus Christ. And he is our hope, our only hope. Not you. You can't do anything. And they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, we're going to leave. And she said, well, she should be in the hospital right now. I said, but you can't do anything for her. True. So we carried our daughter back out from the KU Med Center. And we went back to Sioux Falls. And this is the verse that God gave us. Everything looked bad. We faced death. We'd already faced bankruptcy. We faced all these things. And I'm reading this in the clinic waiting room. The Word of God. We praised God wherever we went. We've lived this message. We've lived this message in front of hundreds of people. Many, many medical people all over the world. And here's a word. It says, yet. Yet. In spite of all this is negative. But pastor, you don't understand. This is that. But pastor, you don't understand. This is Pastor, I got a bad report. You don't understand. No, I do understand. And I do understand the Bible. He gives us these things to say, you can make it. In spite of what the devil has done, in spite of how bad it may look, yet, it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He'll make me to walk on high places. Yet, I'm going to praise the Lord. And that is a choice. Yet, I will. Yet, I will Choose. Was that heavy? Oh, it was real heavy. We drove from the KU thing back to our hotel in Kansas City, other part of the city. We drove home the next day, the whole way, hearing all these reports. Our daughter's laying in the back seat. You know, we look back just to see if she's breathing. We got home. The next week, we had another uh, test in Sioux Falls. We go to Sioux Falls, and they run a scan in her heart, and her heart is normal. The next week, run a whole scan. They got the scans from KU. Got the scans here that's fresh now, and her heart was a normal size. Yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. Now, folks, I know it doesn't always turn out this way. Brother Cornwall read our book, you know, White Knuckle Faith. I came back to the room and he was weeping. Brother Cornwall knew every major spiritual leader in the world. He traveled the world. Oral Roberts was his personal friend, all these people. And I came in the room and he was crying. I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah. I said, well, what's wrong? And he says, I read your book. And I said, okay. And he said, but it turned out right. Because he said, I buried so many children. He had churches of thousands of people. He says, I buried so many children. We took this one child, took him to the best of Oral Roberts. Certainly Oral Roberts has laid his hands, which he did, and the child died. I don't understand that. But I, you have to understand the word. 
See, you don't build you don't build your theology on your experience. You build your theology on the word of God. And that helps you to stand. A pastor in town one day said to me, he said, I, we prayed for this lady in our church and she was, she was a believer and she did this and this and this and she died. She, he said, that had to be the will of God. I said, why would you just say that based on your experience? Now you're trumping the word of God with your experience and you're making a decision here. So I pointed out the scripture and he, he came, he was from a fundamental church. He said, he just looked at me like, yeah. He knew what he was doing. That's what most of us do. We'll, we'll look at something and say, well, I did my best, so it must have been God's will. No, that's not true. We faced adversity, extreme adversity for 12 years. And yet we knew who our adversary was. It wasn't like God didn't love us. We love God, but we were in this battle, not of our choosing, but fighting for life. You wear a garment of praise. It is a choice to do that. It's not the feeling. It's a relationship. I have a relationship with my wife. So every day when I come to the house, you know, it's not like, oh, honey, honey, I just love you so much. I love you. She'd kind of think, are you okay? You know, been married for 44 years and so forth. But every day we do tell each other we love each other. Every day we do say goodbye when we leave and so forth. We do things. We have a relationship, a commitment. Right? That's a choice. Yes, we do have feelings too, of course. But those are choices you make in your life. See, right now, the things you do right now prepares you for tomorrow. The athlete runs. athlete lifts weights today for what he's going to face tomorrow. You wear a garment of praise. You're strengthening your faith muscles. Not a feeling, but a relationship. We always say this, praise is faith at work. So if you want to know if you're standing, if you're in faith, listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That'll tell you where you're standing. People say, well, I, I, I believe, I believe. And all day long they complain. No, no, sorry you didn't. <laughs> Doctors knew us from a standpoint that when they came to us, she had five specialists, our daughter did. And they said to our face, you're the most amazing people we, we've met. They said you're, you should be bankrupt. You should be divorced because of the strain and so forth. You know, all these things they listed off. And I said, yeah, I know that. I said, but you know why? And they all said, oh, yeah, we know, we know. It's, it's Jesus, yes. <laughs> because that's what they heard for years on end. They heard about Jesus. The doctor that led her case, that oversaw all the specialists, his name was Dr. Dramolsky. He was the most wonderful guy. Just had a heart of compassion. He's a rheumatologist and uh, had a great heart of compassion. And he was loading his boat down at the Platte River, the Missouri River at Platte, a uh, boat ramp. And his heart went into fibrillation. And he was too far away to get it shocked, and he died. They actually called us from Sioux Falls. Everybody knew us, knew him, the relationship we all had. So the next time we're in the clinic in Sioux Falls, nurses and people came into our room, we're in the exam room, crying because of the relationship. 
and we encouraged him. You know, we'd shared with him and so forth, and he had professed Christ and stuff, but we encouraged him. Amazing. We're all passing through this life, folks, right? So you build yourself up now in faith. Let me just read Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 talks about don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're a spirit-filled person, you're going to be a praising person. Now, denominations build their doctrines on spirit-filled stuff. And if you're spirit-filled, you speak in tongues, you do this and that. I agree with speaking in tongues, all right? I speak in tongues a lot, all right? A lot. We do that a lot around our house. We do that in our car. We do it on trips. We just do it a lot, praying in the Spirit. But it says when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to speak to one another. You're going to speak in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. So you're together here, amen? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You should write this down. A spirit-filled person is a praising person. Folks, that's, that is huge. Someone can say, yeah, I go, I'm a Pentecostal. I go to Pentecostal church. And they're blah, 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 negative. Neg- no, don't, don't give me that. Don't say you're spirit-filled. That's a, bla- that's a black eye to God. Because you're saying, you're saying one thing and acting another way. A spirit-filled person is a praising person. Is someone filled with praise? Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Hallelujah. (laughs) And then Hebrews 13, verse 15, that we bring a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice means you don't feel like it. Folks, I don't always feel like it. I'm not always up. You know that. We're always honest, right? Never going to find a perfect church nor a perfect pastor. I'm not always up. I might have some difficult moments. Okay? But there's a sacrifice of praise to God. When I was an athlete, I didn't always feel like practicing. Oof. I got a scholarship and everything. Didn't feel like practicing. You know, I wanted to lay in bed. The bed would always feel so good when the alarm went off. And, oh, I just want to stay like I had arms. Stay with me. <laughs> when I was an athlete at SDSU, we got up at 7 o'clock. We ran two miles. We came back and took a shower and we ate breakfast. Then we went to practice. Then we came back and we had lunch. And then we went to practice. And then we came back and had lunch. And then we went to practice. Of course, Sigemeyer says, Dave, we don't even do those things nowadays. Like we were in the Stone Age. So the athlete, we had three practices a day, and we ran the two miles just to get limbered up. Let's get limbered up. So when I got to bed, it was always, let me lay down for a minute. So you don't always feel like it, but you do something. You sacrifice because you know it pays off. Right? You know it pays off. Muscle memory, that's right. You're doing things. You respond. You're ready to go. You can win in life when you train. And that's what we do. We teach people to win. So you bring a sacrifice of praise. And notice what it is. It's the fruit of your, says our, but it's your lips. So my lips, my lips are what's important to me. Okay? Your lips are what's important to you. So we bring a sacrifice of praise. Remember that old song? We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house 
of the Lord. And we offer unto you sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer unto you sacrifices of praise. So good to sing those scriptures. And they're so valid for us today. Amen. So take your hands a minute. Put them on your mouth. So, Father, we pray that even as the coal of fire touched Isaiah's lips, touch our lips, Lord. Holy Spirit, that these lips would be holy lips, as these lips would speak forth truth, that they would speak out forth your praise and righteousness. And so we thank you, Lord God, for working on our hearts, helping us to grow, Lord. We want to grow. Hallelujah. To be your servants in this world, in this day and time, Lord, shining for you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. You are our God of hope. And we thank you. You're doing miracles today, Lord God. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you. We do have a shout of joy. We thank you. We are on the winning team. We thank you. You've already won the victory at the cross of Calvary. And you're risen from the grave. And so we thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And you're alive in these temples, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for these temples filled with your praise. Filled with your praise. Hallelujah. What's, there's another old song. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. Filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. Look at someone else a second says, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are a temple. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are a temple. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are a temple. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, personally, I say, I'm filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I'm filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I'm filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Oh... You know, there's days we just sing and we sing ourselves happy. We sing ourselves happy, you know, that you can have joy. And I'm I'm totally serious. You can have joy in any situation because of who lives in you. He's the joy giver. He's the one who holds us. And in any situation, you can have that joy. He's not a respecter of persons. So especially today, your assignment would be open your mouth. If you feel inhibited around your spouse or your family, get away, go in the garage or go someplace. But I encourage you to just open your mouth. Some of you probably never have done that. Just open your mouth. You're thinking, what am I going to say? Just think what comes out. Just say, I'm going to praise you, Lord. And just start, just start. But you'll probably shock yourself. Because as you begin to thank him and praise him, then other things will come and you'll think of your blessings and all that. And pretty soon you come back in the house and kids might say, whoa, where you been, dad? <laughs> it's like I came into the restaurant one time when the corn bombs on the Arctic Circle and there was a professor there who knew me from college. And I walked in and he looked at me and he did drug counseling and so forth like that. And uh, he thought I was on drugs, you know. And so I walked in, you know, and he, and he said, he was about 50, 20 feet away. And he says, what are you on? 
And I didn't even think I was going to the counter. I said, Jesus, the whole place is silent, you know. They're looking at me. They're looking. This guy's name is Pete, Pete Torino. They're looking at Pete. You know, he was a gymnastics coach and stuff. And, I, and it's like, hey, it's good to be on Jesus. Amen. God's for you. You know, we all face things like a future. We think, well, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. But Jesus holds your future. Amen. Nothing will separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbors. Look at them and say, you're going to make it. Say to him again now, open your mouth for Jesus (laughs) to bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we bless you today in Jesus' name. We bless those who've watched. And we thank God for your lives. We're praying for you. And uh, we will see you on Wednesday night. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.